Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we are learning Maseches Baba Kama Davchav, and we're starting four lines down, five lines down. The Gemara says Amar Ilfa. Ilfa says Behema Birshus Harabim. If there's an animal that's in Rishus Harabim, Upashta Savara Ve'Achla Me'al Gabechaverta, and this animal reaches over onto the back of another animal and eats food. It's a little bit of, a, of an oddball scenario because typically we assume that in Rishus HaRabim you're only going to be putter and that in Rishus HaNizak you're going to be chayev. Here it's a little bit of a blend. Animal number one eats off the back of animal number two. is your And the Gemara postulates as to why this might be. The Gemara says, my time, because Gabi Chaverta, the back of the second animal is Kechatzer Anizak Dami is similar to uh, being on the Chatzar of Anizak, even though, of course, it's located Birshus Hamazik, uh, Birshus, uh, Birshus HaRabim, but Lamaisa, the back, is uh, is possibly, or at least halachically considered, a different location. The Gemara suggests perhaps Lema Mesayele, perhaps this actually is a source for a similar Marimakom. What is that similar marimakom? That ha'isa kupaso mufshelas la'achora. Let's say that I had a basket that I had slung over my shoulder. Upashta tzavara va'achla mimenu. And an animal eats out of the basket that's on my back. So perhaps that's similar to our case of an animal that, that eats off of another animal's back in chayeves. Says the Gemara no amar rava. Really that case is not this case because we're that's talking about the kofetzes. We're talking about an animal that jumps, and that's an, an abnormal way for an animal to jump. Animals don't usually eat while they're jumping. And really, the reason even in our case is different. Where both of these cases are talking about kofetzes, but without that misbehavior, we would have assumed our regular rule, that that you would be potter. Where do we see Rava's source? Where do we see the source that Rava tells us that uh, that bekofetzes the halacha is different. Says the Gemara, aha, it applies to the following. Twelve lines down on chaf amidala. The Gemara says, where do we see that Rava holds of a case of kofetzes where there's jumping? The Gemara says, damar avoshaya behema virshus harabim alcha veachla betura. That if you have an animal that is in virshus harabim, so if the animal was halcha veachla, it's walking and eating. So then putter. And then the Gemara says on the other side, but But if the animal is standing still and eating, so then the halacha is that you're going to be chayev. Asks the Gemara the obvious question. When an animal is eating while walking, that's normal. Standing still, walking. The animals eat and move. Animals eat more. It says the Gemara, here is where Rava says, is din of Amar Rava Bekofetzes, where we see this precedent this case of an animal that's eating the kofetzas, and therefore the halacha would be different if an animal is, uh, that, then they would be putter in that case of halcha. Of course, halcha here now means kofetzas according to Rava's reinterpretation. So that was question number one of tonight. Uh, if we have an animal that's eating off of the back of another animal, and the reason why this is a kash in the first place is because we would have assumed that since he's located Birshus HaRabim, that you're Pater. Now he's eating off of the back of an animal, Birshus HaRabim. The Gemara says, perhaps it's like Birshus HaNizak. And therefore you'd be Chayev. Kamash Malanda, no, really this case is not talking about that. Really the case is talking about Kofetz, that's where the animal has jumped. And the Gemara presented the precedent for Rabba.
third of the way down, the Gemara says, If the food is rolling, does the din change? Now we have to understand what this case means. Hey, what is the case of the food rolling? Says the Gemara, You have some straw that's Birshus Hayachid. The straw is located Birshus Hayachid. And and now the food is moving over the threshold from Rishush HaYachid to Rishush HaRabim. So how do we assess, the Gemara wants to know, how do we assess whether or not it's in Rishush HaRabim, in which case you'd be Pater, or if it's Rishush HaNizak, in which case you'd be Chayim. So the Gemara says, My, what's it then? The Gemara responds with a Brisa. Toshma, the Tani Rebbe Chia, Chia teaches a Brisa. Masui, if you have a package or if you have food that's mixasa bifnin and mixasa bachutz, part of the package is inside, part of the package is outside. In such a case, so what's the din? The din is achla bifnim chayeves. If while the animal is bifnim, the animal eats this food while it's bifnim, namely birshus hanizak, you're going to be chayev. And achla bachutz, if the animal was standing outside of the rishus hanizak and the rishus harabim, the din is that he's going to be ptura. My lab, Miskal Gelvaasi. Isn't this a case scenario where perhaps the Gemara says that the animal is moving the food from one place to another? And therefore, maybe that would answer our question of Rabzeira about the food rolling. The Gemara says, Lo, that's really not how to properly understand the question of Rabzeira. Rather, Ema Achla Al We just look at the physical location of the animal himself. If the animal is Bifnim, if the animal is on the inside of the threshold, Birshusa Nizak, then even if the food really is crossing over the threshold, then be, the, the owner of the behema would be chayev because he's uh, eating b'rshus ha'nizak and al-masha ptura. But if he's uh, eating the food while he is standing outside, then the din is he'd be putter like a regular din, b'rshus harabim. The Gemara says, Yibayisema, there's another possibility, kikamar abchiyah, Perhaps Rebchia was talking about the psila das pasta. Maybe we were, aren't talking about a case of something that's rolling from one rishus to another and the animal's eating it, but of a very, very long food that is physically placed across the threshold. Either way, we don't have a clear answer to the case of Rebzera. That brings us halfway down to the two dots. The Gemara says, What was this talking about? Let's refresh our memory by looking at the Mishnah on the previous summit on New Testament base, we were talking there about the classical case of shame. And on the third line of that Mishnah, we had said something. On the third line of that Mishnah, we had said that an animal that was that if an animal eats clothing or if they eat utensils, they're going to be and uh, we had learned in the Gemara that when was this true? It was only true under certain circumstances. We learned that it's uh, going to be Pater Birshus Harabim. It says the Gemara, Ohayo, when we say Bamed Baramamurim, what exactly are we talking about? Amarab Akulhu, we're talking about all cases of the Mishnah. And that is going to be the case. If you look in our Mishnah on your Testament base on the third line, it qualifies that line. It says, Bamed Baramamurim, Birshus Hanizak, Birshus Harabim Pater. So does that line only go? Does the Bamed Baramamurim only go on the line of Achlak Sus Okelim? Or does it even go on the previous cases of Shein Muedes and Behema Muedes? 
So the Gemara says, back where we are, I'm the Chafam and Aleph, a little bit more than halfway down. So Rav says it's a kulhu, that limitation of Bamed Var Mamure, that it only applies Birshu Sarabim, that's when it's going to be Patur, that applies to everything in our Mishnah. Says the Gemara, my time. Why would it be that that's true? And the Gemara says, because of the following. If you have two cases of Mishana, if the Baal does something weird and then the animal does something weird, then the Baal is the one who's the problem. What does this mean? The Mepharshim here explained that when the animal ate the Ksus and ate the Kalim, what Baal, what Baal, what owner puts his clothing outside? That's not normal. Your clothing belong inside. They belong in a drawer. They belong put away. So if you were, as the Baal were, Mishana, you did something odd and you left your clothes out, that's what this line means. Animal is an animal. Animals can't be relied upon. So if you have a Baal who brought Kalim outside and then the animal ate it, so then the din is that the, the Baal is the one who's irresponsible. Shmuel Amar, no, that's not correct. Shmuel argues with this shita of Rav. And Shmuel says, Lo shanu ela that the din is that this only applies to peros v'yarakos, uh, where we say that he's going to be pater. But when it comes to ksus v'kelem chayeves, that in fact he would be considered chayev in such a case. That the owner of the animal who ate the ksus v'kelem would be chayev to pay the pal. Machlokas Rav and Shmuel. Says the Gemara that Reish Lakish agrees with Rav that the qualification of our Mishnah when it says it applies to everything previous in our Mishnah, not just to the case of Susvikalim, but it also applies to the case of Shein Muedas and Behema Muedas. Reish Lakish they were two-thirds of the way down, three lines before the wide lines. And the Gemara says, Amar Reish Lakish, Shtei Paros Bershus HaRabim. Reish Lakish follows his own Shita where he says that Bershus HaRabim you'll be Pater. And he does so um, by aligning with a Shita that he has elsewhere, which is a little bit of a strange case. We'll see this Gemara again later in the Masechta a couple of times. The Gemara says, Amar Reish Lakish, Shtei Paros Bershus HaRabim. Imagine a scenario where there are two cows, Bershus HaRabim. One of the cows is crouching down and one of the cows is walking and says the Gemara, the animal that's walking kicks the animal that is crouching. That's party line, Reish Lakish with himself. And he says that the, the animal that is walking is in Rishus Harabim and it's Pater. But if the animal that's crouching kicks out its front leg or its back leg and it uh, and it kicks the mehalechas and damages it, halacha is chayeves. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan argues with Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan says that whereas Reish Lakish holds, like Rab, that the Bamed Varmamurim of our Mishnah applies to everything prior in our Mishnah, that's not across the board. Rav Yochanan Amar Lo Shanu Ela Peiros Virakos. He agrees with Shmuel. So a double machlokas tanoim. We have Rav and Shmuel against Reish Lakish and Rav Yochanan. Rav and Reish Lakish are the same. Shmuel and Rav Yochanan are the same. So says the Gemara Lema. Perhaps we should say that Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan says perhaps is he's less like the Reish Lakish Shafilu B'Shtei Paros. Does Rav Yochanan also argue with Reish Lakish? Not only in our case, we know they argue in our case about whether or not the Bamedevar Mamur applies to our whole mission or not. 
But would Rav Yochanan also argue with Rish Lakish in regards to the case of the Shtei Paros Birshus Arabim Achas Ravutza Achas Mehalachas? Says the Gemara, no, lo, leolam isle. There Rav Yochanan would agree, even with, with the sheet of Rish Lakish about the distinctions between the Mehalachas kicking the Ravutza, the animal that's walking, which kicks the animal that's crouching where they're potter versus the opposite, where the animal that's Ravutza who kicks the animal that's Mehalachas, the crouching animal kicks the regular one, the Yubichayeves. He does agree with that. It says the Gemara, the reason why Rav Yochanan distinguishes between the case of Paros, the case of Shtei Paros, where he agrees with Reish Lakish, as opposed to our case, where he disagrees with Reish Lakish, is because Ksus, when it comes to clothing, it's possible that a person has their clothes and they put them down outside for a couple of minutes. When it comes to an animal crouching, that's Pasha, not normal. That's not a normal thing to do. So therefore, Rav Yochanan finally distinguishes between those two cases of our Mishnah, where at times it's reasonable for a person to put clothes outside, as opposed to an animal, which is never Rivutza. That brings us to the two dots, four lines into the wide lines, three-fourths of the way down on Chaf Amin Aleph. And let's continue. We'll be stopping on the top of Chaf Aleph Amin Aleph. So we have another armor to go a little bit more. The Gemara says, If you look back at our Mishnah on Yud Tesimit Beis, our Mishnah had said over there that if an animal was nanes, then mishalemes, nanes, then it pays whatever it enjoyed, whatever it benefited from. So says the Gemara Vikama, how do the payments work for Hana? The Gemara says, Rabba Omar, Dmei Amir, he only pays for straw, even if he were to have had more of a meal. He only pays for straw, but not for what is otherwise common, barley. And this is a machlokas. Rava Omar, Dmei Seorim Bezol. He even has to pay for Dmei Seorim if he ate Seorim, but he doesn't have to pay full market price. Seorim are more expensive than Amir, than straw. And he only has to pay Bezol, the lower part of the market of uh, whatever the Dmei Seorim Bezol is, that lower market cost of the Saura. And the Gemara brings a brisa for each one. Tanya Kavase de Rabba, Tanya Kavase de Rabba. Five lines into the wide lines. Tanya Kavase de Rabba. Where do we see a shita like Rabba that we only pay the cost of the Amir? We only pay the cost of the straw. Says the Gemara, that's Rishimin ben Yochai, Amra'e, Mishalem, Eladme, Amir, Bilvat, black on white. Rabba has a perfect shita. It's a brisa that supports his shita. That when our Mishnah on your Testament base says that you have to pay whatever your Hana is, that, that means you have to pay for the straw that your animal ate, but not the barley. However, Tanya Kavasi the Rava, Rava also has a Brisa that agrees with his Shita. What's the Shita of Rava? Based on the Brisa, similar language to our Mishnah. And Ketzad, how does that work? If an animal ate one measure or two measures of food, you don't have to pay in full. How much would he have fed him even of the barley, even of something that he wouldn't have normally fed him? And we have to measure that. And even there, he wouldn't have to pay in full. And he eaten something that wasn't edible. If he would have eaten barley, he has to pay his own, whatever the lower cost is of the market. But if he would have eaten a food that's bad for him, then he would have been potter. Okay. 
The Gemara continues six lines from the bottom, and the Gemara tells us uh, about a sugya called Zenen of Zechaser, Zenen of Zelochaser, Zelonen of Zechaser, four different iterations. And we're going to be learning a number of them tonight over the course of the next Amur. The Gemara says, Amar Leirim Chizda the Rami Barchama, Lo Havis Gabon Urta Betchuma. You weren't with us last night when we were over there in that area over there. Deiboylan Mili Malyoso. Oh, we had the opportunity to ask such great shilas to the Rebbe. This is awesome chinuch. When a person goes home and they're excited about Talmud Torah, they leave, a, they leave an impression on their child about how excited they are that Talmud Torah is awesome. This is especially true now where Torah is magno matzah, that we need to not only do our part for ourselves, but to model for our children. So here the Gemara says, the Rav Chizda says, Rami Barchama, you missed out. You missed out. This was amazing. He made Rami Barchama excited. The Gemara says, Omar, mind me, mili mal yasa. What, what shilas did you ask? Please tell me. Don't leave me in the dark. I want to know what Torah you were learning. Omar Leh, he said, the following shilas was discussed. And he said, Hadar Let's say that I live in your property without your knowledge. Of course, we're not talking about damages. We're talking about stomach case. Am I allowed? Not allowed. I'm not allowed to live in your property. But if I do live in your property and you don't even know about it, am I uh, obligated to pay you for the time that I lived in your property? So says the Gemara, let's see what the case is. If you, as the owner, you weren't even planning on renting it out. And the lo avid. Lemegar. And I was never planning on paying rent, even if I didn't live in your property. I didn't benefit because I wasn't planning on paying rent no matter where I lived. You didn't lose because you weren't planning on collecting rent no matter what was going on. So that can't be the case because that's uh, that case is obvious where money should not change hands. In other words, it's not categorical that if I live in your property, I automatically have to pay you. In a case scenario where you weren't planning on renting and I wasn't planning on paying rent, no reason why you should be paid because I didn't lose any. Uh, I wasn't really nehne because I wasn't planning on paying anyways and you weren't planning on renting. Ella says the Gemara, if you want to say it's v'chotzer the kaima la'agra, v'gabra da'avid la'megar, v'zenene the opposite extreme is also not a Shiloh. That can't be what the Shiloh was because if you were planning on renting and I just squatted in your apartment without permission and I was planning on paying rent, Pasha, that's not, sir. And of course, I'd be obligated to pay rent. If I see a sign that says, you know, Shmuel's, uh, Shmuel's apartment is for rent and I say, great, I'm just going to go live in his apartment and not pay rent. I'm a Ghana. I'm a Ghana. Pasha, that I have to pay. So says the Gemara, Lotzricha. What was the Shiloh that we asked that required a little bit of a more sophisticated answer? So to this, the Gemara says, to this, the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says, We're talking about a case where you, the owner of the apartment, you were not expecting rent, but but I was planning on paying rent. So this one is an in-between case. It's not either extreme of zenen of zechaser or zelonen of zelochaser. Here we're talking about a case of, as the Gemara calls it, uh, the Gemara says, "My, what's the din in this case?" Or zenen zelochaser, where I'm benefiting because I'm not paying rent, even though I was intending to, but I'm living in a property where you weren't planning on collecting rent. 
So says the Gemara Man, what's the din? Matzi Omar, can I argue? Matzi Omar lay What did I cause you to lose? You weren't planning on renting out your apartment anyway. Odilma, or perhaps maybe one can say that Matzi Omar, maybe one could argue, Paisanis, at the end of the day, even though you weren't planning on charging rent, I benefited by not paying rent. So Amar lay in this discussion, when they asked the Shaila to the Rebbe, they got the answer, must Nisan eat. The answer is in a Mishnah. I must Nisan. We're on the top of Chaf the base, on the top line. Says the Gemara, which Mishnah are we talking about? And says the Gemara, Amar lay, when you do something nice for me, uh, then I'll tell you. So fine, he said, no problem. Shakil sudre karachle. Rami uh, Barchama took uh, took uh, the, the handkerchief and he folded it for him. Strange piece of Gemara, not for now. Says the Gemara, Amar He says that the answer to the case of of I who benefited because I did not pay rent was living in your property and you were not chaser because you weren't planning on collecting rent. Where do we learn that you're chayev to pay in that case? We learn that from our Mishnah, where we see that an animal is chayev to pay. Again, what he's chayev to pay is machlokas, as we saw earlier, Rav and Shmuel and Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish. But the Marim Makam is our Mishnah. Amar Rava, Rava says, Kama lo chali, lo margish gavr de marisiyaya. A person, uh, he doesn't feel sick, he doesn't feel, does not feel well. This is actually just a mashal to say, that when you get all the help you need, you don't even ask any questions. He accepted this answer, even though it doesn't make any sense. You can't compare our Mishnah, which says, to the case of the uh, squatting of the Why? Because I, our Mishnah, and our Mishnah, it was not lo it was chaser. You ate my food. It's zanen v'zechaser. The high in our case is zanen v'zechaserhu. Our case is where you weren't even planning on charging rent. So the cases are not equal. Our Mishnah is zanen v'zechaser. And the case of me squatting in your apartment is zanen v'zechaser. Apples and oranges. Rami Barchama, what would you say back to that? Why did Rami Barchama just accept this at face value, even though the cases have a clear distinction between them? And our Mishnah is not a good raya for the case of Zenanev Zelochaser, because our Mishnah is Zenanev Zelochaser. So this, the Gemara says, eight, nine lines down. What would Rami Barchama say? No, no. Of course, Rami Barchama is a smart guy. He's a, he's a massive Amora, and knows exactly what he's talking about. The Gemara says, What would Rami Barchama say? Stam Peres Bershusa Rabin, Afkure Mifkarlu. That when we're talking about in our Mishnah, um, where the animal uh, has to pay, of when we say the Zen Nenes, Meshalemesh, that when he's a Nen, that he has to pay, that's even though the owner is really not losing. It is a case of Zen Nenev Zelochaser, because we assume that when fruits are in Rishus Harabim, that instantly the owner is mafkir, then he knows that animals are going to eat them. There's so many animals. It's not like our culture where. We have cars. That their mode of transportation was donkeys, mules, and horses. When the animals were eating everything they saw. So therefore, the cases are comparable. So now we need an answer to our question in regards to that Mishnah. What do we say to dinner? The Gemara tries to give a response. It's not. We have a Mishnah. We're 10 lines down. And Chafam and Bey is going to the top line of Chafalah. Take a look at the picture in Rashi that depicts this case. Let's say that Ruvain buys fields 
and it surrounds Shimon's fields on three sides. The Goder es harishonav es hashniv es hashlishis. And there's a wall that Ruvain builds in between Ruvain's fields and Shimon's fields to make sure the properties don't mix. Ein mechaivin oso. We cannot obligate Ruvain, who paid for those three walls. He cannot obligate Shimon to pay. However, if the fourth one is built, then he can be mechaivin. What do we see from this case of the outside walls being built? I should say more accurately, the walls in between Ruvain and Shimon's fields being built. So perhaps we have an answer to our question that where one is Nehene and the other is Lochaser, then maybe the Din is Chayev and we have an answer to our question. Because we wanted to know about that case of Zenen of Zelochaser, where I squat in your field, I'm Nehene and you're not Chaser. So to this, the Gemara says, no. You can't learn from there because he can say, Ruvain can argue to Shimon, the only reason I had to do this is because you had a field next to mine. But in our case, in the squatting case, maybe that case is not comparable because it's not a case of a forced hand. I went into your apartment without any conversation. It wasn't two fields next to one another. And therefore, maybe this is not a good raya for our case. So Tashma, let's try again. We're a third of the way down on your testament base. The Gemara says if the Nikaf, the one that was surrounded, namely Shimon in the picture in Rashi, the Gadar is Haraviz, if Shimon were to make the fourth wall, if Shimon makes that fourth wall, the one wall that's not built in Rashi's pictures, then all four walls have to be split over the two of them. Then Shimon's on the hook for splitting the cost of all the walls. Time up. But the reason why that's true, says this Brysa, or a duke from this Brysa, is because the Gadar Nikaf, because that fourth fence was made by Shimon. However, Hamakiv, Pater, if the fourth wall was built by Ruvain and not by Shimon, then Shimon would have been Pater from paying. Shmamino, what can we infer from here? Zenenev is Zelochaser, Pater. We see over here that he's going to be Pater from paying in this case. So maybe we have an answer to our squatting question. The Gemara says, no, shiny hasam. To Amar Lei, Shimon can argue, Lididi sagili binatira barzuza. Maybe the reason why Shimon is putter from paying in such a case is because he would say, you built a brick wall. I would have built a nothing, a nothing little wall that would have put a little pitzel fence there that I bought from Home Depot. I'm not building a brick wall and I'm not paying you because you overdid it. So again, Perhaps we don't have a riot to our case as to whether or not one would have to pay if uh, if I squatted in your property. Let's try again. The Gemara says, Toshma, a little bit more than a third of the way down. It's a two flat. I own the upper apartment and you own the lower apartment. And the building fell down. I own the upper floor and I say, listen, I want to build my apartment again. Please build your apartment on the base floor so I can build my apartment on the second floor. Go do your job. Leave notes. Please build your building. However, the guy on the bottom floor doesn't want to rebuild. So what's the din? So the guy who's, uh, who owns the second floor, he can build the first floor, even though the first floor space doesn't really belong to him. 
He's allowed to build that, no problem. And he can live there until the owner of the first floor that from the building before it burned down, until the owner of the first floor pays for the cost of the of what the guy built. So I live on the second floor. You live on the first floor. Building burns down. You don't want to rebuild the first floor? Fine. I'm going to rebuild the first floor, and I'm going to live there, even though the physical space really should belong to you, until you pay me for my expenses, my yitzios, for what I paid for. This says the Gemara, yitzios of who the Mechai when you are paying me for that first floor so that I can now build my my actual apartment above yours, you only have to pay me the cost. But the rent for the time, let's say I lived on that first floor space for two months, I don't have to pay you rent for that. What does the Gemara infer from here? Perhaps we can learn from here. Shmami no, halfway down. Oh, we have another case of an inference where we can infer that that's the Gemara. Not a raya here either, because shiny hasam debe This case is not a normal case. The case we were asking about was where I squatted in your apartment. This case is totally different. Maybe this case we're more lenient in regards to uh, uh, me building that first floor and not taking rent from you because you're being a jerk and you should have built your first floor so I could build my second floor. Maybe that's why the case is not comparable, and therefore the Gemara rejects that uh, that case as well. Toshma, let's try again. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, We have someone who lives in the chater of his friend without his knowledge, very similar to our case. The din is that he has to pay rent. Here we see that you're going to be chayv in such a case, even though it's lo chaser. You weren't planning on doing anything with your field either way. That the Gemara shiny awesome. It's different in that case because perhaps in that case, Mishum Rusa Perhaps I'm living in your property for the first time and I'm gonna ruin it. First person who lives in an apartment, he marks up all the walls, he makes the place all filthy dirty. And maybe that case is different. So they Lamaisa, they didn't have an answer to this question of whether or not the case of Zenen of Zelochasar is Chayev or Panter. So they asked the Shaila. That's the Gemara three fourths of the way down. They sent a letter to Shalchuha, excuse me, Bey Ravami. They sent him a letter. This is code word for saying putter. Uh, if, we, if we were to tear this apart, we'd say, what did the guy do wrong? Big deal. He lived in your apartment. Nothing happened. If you came back to your apartment and you didn't know that he lived there, you're none the wiser. Who cares? What's the big deal? You're putter. I need to sit and think about it. We've seen this line before in Shaf. And Lamaisa, he didn't want to give an answer at this point. Amar Kule Hai, sorry, Hadar Shalchuha, Kamei Drebchia Baraba. They sent another letter to Rebchia Baraba after he said, I want to think about it. And he got upset. I would have thought of a good answer. I would have told you. Leave me alone. I don't know the answer to the question. So he didn't know the answer to the question. So right now we have two shitas. We have one shita that says, uh, it's the shita of Rav Ami that says that Zenene is Potter. And then we have the second answer of Rav Chiyabaraba, which is not really an answer, which is that he doesn't know. The Gemara says 12 lines, 15 lines from the bottom, Itmar Rav Kahana. Amr of Yochanan, Eino Tzarech L'halo Schar. Rav Yochanan says you don't have to pay the rent. Rav Yabo, Amr Rav Yochanan. Rav Yabo says in the name of Rav Yochanan, Tzarech L'halo Schar. So there's Rav Kahana and Rabbi Abahu argue in regards to what Rav Yochanan said. 
Papa, this line of Rabbi Abahu that he said, that Rav Yochanan says you have to pay rent la beferish itmar. He didn't hear this explicitly from Rav Yochanan elamichlala itmar. He inferred it from another case, and maybe therefore Rabbi Abahu's answer is not as stark. What was the inference? It was based on a mishnah. It's not not al even o koresh al hektesh. Let's say the gizbar, the treasurer of the Beis Hamikdash, who has some latitude in regards to moving around property that belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. So he took a stone. He took a beam of hektesh. He's allowed to have it in his own rishus because he's the gizbar, he's the treasurer. If he gives that that rock or that beam of hektish to his friend, the gizbar violated the isra of Meila, but his friend did not violate the isra of Meila. If the gizbar builds it into his house, in order to violate the Isra of Me'ila, the Gizbar would have to live in the property for a moment's time, which would then be the Isra of using Me'ila for a Shava Pruta. So then the Gemara says that and on this, this is not true if he builds it into his house. It's only true if he lays it on top of the Aruba. If he builds it into his house as a support beam, we don't have to wait for the Shabapruta to trigger for him to violate Meila. He'll violate the Isser the second he puts it into his house. It must therefore be that he puts it on top of the Aruba, that he put it on top of his skylight. The Gemara says six lines from the bottom. Rabbi Abahu says in the name of Shmuel, that he responded, this reminds me of the case of if I'm living in your property without permission, it seems to be that you'd have to pay rent. Just like if I live under that beam, I'd have to, and what happened? And he was quiet. And Savar, Ihu Savar, Rabbi Abo inferred from this silence the Midashasik Modele, that perhaps he's agreeing that this silence is Shtika Kyoda, and therefore you're going to be chayev to pay rent. It says the Gemara, Velohi, that's not true. Ashkuche lo Ashkachbe. The Pasha didn't hear you talking, so you can't make any inferences about Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Abo has to be wrong. After all, Kiddu Rabba. Dama Rabba, Midas, Kehediot Midas Dami. A sophisticated line. The Gemara says that if you have hektish as being used shalomidas, it is treated kehedyot midas tami. And from here, we uh, would assume that you're going to be chayev. And that is therefore why we don't accept the shita of Rabbi Abba in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. He misunderstood based on silence. And what that means is we therefore assume like the initial presentation of Rabbi Yochanan, 15 lines or so from the bottom on Chafamid Beis, which is the shita of um, Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana says that this is how it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch. That means that if I squat in your property, I was planning on paying rent. You were not planning on collecting rent. A typical case of Zenene, Vizeh, Lo Chaser, the din is that you're putter. That's how it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch. We'll stop right here on the very top line of Chaf Aleph, Amir Aleph. Tashem will pick up in person tomorrow night. Um, and we'll be learning from Mishmar Lard Senu in the back couple of tables in the base medrash, wishing you all a beautiful night.